Welcome to the Unbusy Your Life podcast, where each week you will learn the tips, tools, strategies, and mindset of productivity. This isn't time management. This is personal management because the solution to your scheduling, time, and productivity issues is you and how you show up in your time. Hi, I'm Neil Williams, life coach and productivity expert, and I am going to help you become the best you in your 24 hours so you can get all the things done and live the exact life you want. Get ready to unbusy your life. Welcome to episode number 57 on the Unbusy Your Life podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I'm sitting here Saturday morning. My boys are still asleep. I have my cup of coffee and I'm recording the podcast for March today. So this month on the show, what I want to feature are some unproductive habits as a contrast to last month's topics where I featured productive habits. I thought it would be a good idea to show the contrast between the two close together so that you get a flavor. Now, when I say unproductive habits, what I really mean is anything that is happening in your mind or your behaviors that is leading you to not use your time in the highest quality way. So wasting time. And the things that I'm going to bring up this month are probably a little different than what you would have thought that I would have brought up, but I see them happening in my students and my clients, and I think it's important for us to talk about them as unproductive habits and behaviors versus what a lot of my students and my clients are doing, which is identifying with them and making it mean that there's something wrong with them, that they're disorganized, that they're a hot mess, that they just can't get their shit together. You know what I'm talking about, right? And I hope that you enjoyed last week's show where I dished all the dirt on my messy brain over the last couple of years. I told you the truth, and it was really hard and a really vulnerable episode for me, but also so important to me in feeling in integrity with the truth of who I am and what I'm teaching you all and my own struggles and how I'm overcoming them and using them to become the next best version of myself and to increase my contribution to the world. So in the light of that statement, I want to tell you that this last weekend, my brain had a total meltdown and it was so fascinating for me to watch this. Now, this hasn't happened for me for quite a long time, but I feel like it was so good because I had the opportunity to remind myself of the tyranny and the misery that so many of you who listen to me every week are living in. That tyranny of, I can't get it done. There's too much to do. That energy. And for me, it wasn't even just overwhelm. It was more like defeat. Like I just wanted to check out, shut it all down. (laughs) My brain fantasizes about going to live in the country, maybe at a yoga retreat and just like stopping everything for the next year. And I just sat back and just watched my brain with fascination because I'm a coach and I have the skill to be able to do that. I watched it just kind of fall off the rails. Now, of course, I have tons of coaching skills, so I did coach myself through it. And I share this with you because I want you to see what I did and what I didn't do. First of all, I did not open my computer and decide to go to work to get more done 
or to get ahead. Now, this happened for me on Sunday. And Sunday for me is like a sacred day. Like I don't do work. I maybe think about work, like idea generation. I might have some thinking time in there if I'm reading something or consuming some content or whatever, but I am not in front of my computer. I don't even open my computer on Sunday. And so my brain was screaming at me to go into the office and just get a few things done because then I would feel better, right? And I know well enough, I've done this work enough that I knew that was an actual lie that my brain was telling me to do. So instead, I decided to take the day off as I had planned to be with my husband and my son and to trust myself that I would figure it out, that I could totally get it all done, that this was just an opportunity for me to see what I'm capable of, and that the rest that I was taking on Sunday was exactly what I needed to make me hella productive for the rest of the week. I got to a place of complete empowerment. I totally enjoyed my Sunday afternoon and my evening without any mental drama. And then I got up Monday morning and I completely slayed it. I honestly don't even know if I've ever had a week of productivity this high before. And I'm really good at this stuff, (laughs) y'all. So the moral of this story is that even really productive brains sometimes have times where they go off the rails. And when this happens, you have a choice of how to handle it. This is exactly what I teach you in my group program and why I love it and the work that we do in there so much. Now, I know that was a bit of a segue, but it brings me to the topic for today's show, which is mom guilt. This came up in my group a few weeks ago, this idea of being a good mom and that so many of us have created a connection in our brains that the number of hours we spend working somehow defines whether we're being good or bad at our momming role. Now, you might be thinking, okay, so how is this an unproductive habit, Neil? Here's why. This mom guilt takes you away from focusing on what you are doing in the moment. It takes you out of your own empowerment And so it is unproductive, it's inefficient, and it's ineffective. It's not helpful. And because we had this big, long discussion about it in my group this week, I thought that it was a topic that needed to be talked about more publicly, number one, because mom guilt just creates a lot of unproductive, inefficient, time-wasting behavior, but also because I think we need to start to question how we've been approaching our momming and our working. So often what I see, and I did this too, is that we pit the two of them against each other as if they're in a war against each other. And we don't even give them the opportunity to play nice in the sandbox. So it's not the number of hours you work that determines whether or not you feel mom guilt. It's the story that you tell yourself about those number of hours that will determine it. If you think that you're working too much and it's somehow taking away from your ability to show up as a mom or that your kids are somehow missing out on an experience that they should have, then of course you're going to feel guilty. But if you think like I do, that the hours I spend working 
make me a better mom, and that the hours I spend momming make me a better businesswoman, then there is no tension between the two. There is no guilt because they become synergistic. Instead of being at war with each other, they actually fuel each other and lift each other up and help you become at your highest capacity, show up at your highest level in both areas of your life. So I want to just pause for a second and say, can we just talk for a minute about what it even means to be a good mom? Have you ever really stopped to define that for yourself? Or have you just taken what society has told you as the truth that good moms or good dads are always there for what their kids need, that they're home before and after school, that they're at the soccer games and the dance recitals, and that they for sure don't let their kids use video games or YouTube or their phones as a babysitter for when you want a few minutes to yourself. What is your definition of being a good mom? I think this is the root of the problem. We have this idea of what a good mom looks like, and we haven't customized it to ourselves. We've just taken it as this general definition. So here are a few things that I want to offer to you to consider if you find yourself mired in mom guilt a lot of the time. And again, the reason why this is an unproductive habit is think about like if you're sitting in your office and you're feeling mom guilt, you're not actually getting to work, at least not at your highest capacity, right? And so this is really what I teach you guys is how to continue to evolve yourself to become even more productive and efficient in your time. And it's things like these that don't occur to us that affect our productivity that we don't think about need us to actually pay attention to. That letting go of the mom guilt can actually make you more productive, could actually be one of the things that helps you get more done in less time, which then would lead you to being able to have more hours that you want with your kids. So this is an unproductive, unhelpful habit, this habit of mom guilt. So the first thing that I want you to consider is what is your good mom story? (laughs) My suggestion is that you decide on purpose, even if you haven't in the past. Now, my guess is part of your good mom story has to do with how you were raised. And this could go one of two ways, right? It could be my mom was amazing. I want to be just like her. But I also want to do this other thing in the world that she didn't do. And there's tension that's created because of that. Or I had a terrible childhood. I don't want to be anything like my mom. And then you go about trying to create yourself and do the things that are the opposite of what you experienced as a child growing up, right? So a lot of our good mom definition has to do with how we're defining our past and what our past childhood experience was, and we're judging that as good or bad and using that as part of our good or bad mom definition, whether it's been conscious or not. So I want you to ask yourself this question. Does the number of hours in your work week play any part in this definition? If your mom worked, did she work too much? 
And is that why you have this idea that the number of hours that you're working has some impact on whether you're a good or bad mom? Or did your mom not work at all and you wish she did? And now you're doing the opposite and you're working way more hours because you don't want to be like that? Like, is the connection between hours worked and good or bad mom in your brain? Yes or no? Either way is 100% great and I'm on board with you as long as you like your reason why. Now, here's the kicker. When you ask yourself this question, what is my good mom story? What is my definition for me of being a good mom? Please do not let other brains give you input on this. And what I mean by that is, please do not go to Pinterest or Instagram or Facebook or look to your friends or look to other people for this. You get to decide for you. And that is where the most empowering definition will come from, is you deciding what good momming looks like for you, regardless of what everyone else in the world is doing. And please also consider not basing it on how your kids react or respond to your momming. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about here, right? This is where it's really hard for us, especially if you're somebody like me and you have people-pleasing tendencies. What will other people say if I just decide I like to work and that I actually enjoy it more than I enjoy momming? Can you imagine what people would say to that? It's so funny to me what we accept and what we reject as options for ourselves. We accept the idea that we go to the gym to work out, even when we don't like the actual working out, but we like the way we feel or that it's keeping us strong or healthy. But we can't find it in our brains to accept the idea that we can be moms and not enjoy all the parts of it. Maybe the part that you will enjoy is the part where they are adults and out of the house and you just get to sit with them and have a beautiful cup of coffee and talk about life or a cocktail and hash out the week with them. Maybe that for you is the part of momming that you will enjoy. Can you give yourself the grace and accept the part of momming that you like And let the part that you don't like also be okay and not make it mean that you're a bad mom because you don't like that part. Now, some of you are probably going to be mad at me for even saying this or for bringing this up, but I think it's such an important topic for us to start talking about. I don't really think that all of momming is fun and rainbows and daisies. And why we've put the pressure on ourselves that we should think that it is, is beyond me. It's not necessarily fun when your child doesn't do what you want or is super upset and emotional and you'd rather just be working than dealing with it. But that does not mean that you're a bad mom. I want you to really spend some time, if you don't do anything else this week, spend some time deciding for yourself what it looks like for you to be a good mom. What is your definition? And ask yourself, not other people. I'm going to share with you mine, but I want you, again, mine is just an offering to you. I want you to take back control of this definition for yourself and decide for you. So here's what I've decided my metric for good momming looks like. My intention is always to act from love and to show up in all parts of my life as an example. 
to walk the walk and talk the talk. Practically, what this looks like is when I tell my son Lincoln that I'm going to do something, I do it. And when I tell him that I'm working, I do not apologize. I don't justify. And when I'm with him, I just decide that I'm really with him. I intentionally create my schedule so that I have time off just to spend with him. I have a weekly date with him (laughs) one afternoon a week. And I also do an annual mom some vacation. It's just the two of us. And I do set strict boundaries for the number of hours that I work. But the good momming part of this for me is that I follow through on those boundaries that I've set. Again, just to be an example to him, because for me, that's what I've decided good momming looks like. I want to show him what it can look like to be a parent, to run a successful business, to make money and enjoy life. That's it. To me, this is the best gift that I could ever give him and myself. My example of what it looks like to live a life on purpose, deliberately, intentionally. Now, again, I offer that to you because that is my definition, but I want you to think about it for you. What is your good mom definition? What do you want to use as the metric by which you measure this? And my suggestion is that you don't use the number of hours that you're working. Now, once you have this definition, I want to give you one other thing in this episode because I think it's super important. How you treat yourself when you don't show up as your best good mom self. I want you to think about this. Do you beat yourself up? Do you criticize yourself? Do you tell yourself that you're doing it all wrong? That you should probably, this is what my brain used to tell me. I should probably set up a savings account for all of the therapy that he's going to need to overcoming me as his mom. Now, this is how I used to think about it, right? But I want you to think about how you are going to treat you when your humanness rises to the surface and you don't show up as your best mom self because that will happen because you are a human. Now, I really don't feel mom guilt anymore because I've changed how I've defined good mommy. That was pivotal for me to release myself from the mom guilt. It's really made all the difference. Notice that in my definition, I didn't say that I did anything perfect or that I didn't lose my temper or that I spend every afternoon with my son. I get it wrong because I'm a human at least 50% of the time. And so will you. But again, how I treat myself when I do it wrong is part of my good momming definition. I've built that in because to me, it's part of me living the example I want to live, right? So when I lose my temper, I apologize and I reflect on why I lost my temper. It's not useful for me to criticize myself or beat myself up about it because then I block my own learning and my ability to show him what it looks like to make a mistake and show up for yourself and for another human in spite of that mistake. And here's what else I believe. I also believe that even though I'm well-intended, I'm still doing it wrong and that I don't even know what I don't know. Like, I don't know where I'm doing it wrong, and I probably won't until Lincoln becomes an adult and he tells me, hey, mom, when you did this or this punishment or this consequence, whatever, this is what happened for me, right? 
But this actually makes me feel a little freer to be the mom that I want because I just know that part of the momming process is doing it wrong. And probably about half the time I'm doing it wrong. Now, I also don't beat myself up for Lincoln's response to my momming, right? So for example, when I institute a consequence and he gets angry and doesn't want to talk to me, I don't make this mean anything about me being a good or a bad mom. My son is a human, and as a human, he is going to have the whole range, the whole gamut of human emotions at me, (laughs) right? He's going to be happy with me. He's going to feel love towards me. He's going to be sad. He's going to feel anger. He's going to feel annoyed at me and frustrated at me. He's, you know, preteen, so I know some of these emotions are definitely coming. And what I ask myself is, can I still show up and love him in his humanness and not make judgments on my momming because of his human response? I can't control his emotions. In fact, I love to remind myself that I'm not responsible for his emotions, actually, because this frees me up to just love him no matter what he's feeling and how strongly he's feeling those things at me. So I want you to consider how do you treat yourself when you are a human in your momming? I want to leave you and this episode today with this question. If you decide on purpose what your definition of good momming is, how would this change for you the mom guilt that you might have been subjecting yourself to? Mom guilt is just not helpful. If it was useful, it was helpful in some way, I would be all in on creating the mom guilt. (laughs) But what I have found, and you have probably found this too, it just wastes your mental and emotional energy that you could be using to be the mom you want to be or to focus on your work and to take care of your business. We as women have such a high capacity to take on things. And one of those things does not need to be guilt. Because we choose to work and have a business and think that because we've made that choice, we've somehow also made the choice to be a poor mom or a lesser mom. I actually believe the opposite is true. I think because we make these decisions to go to work and have businesses and be entrepreneurs, that we are making ourselves even better moms. Can you find that to be true for you this week? Okay, go out, have a beautiful, unbusy, unguilty week, everyone. I'll talk to you next week.